crown properly considered everything produced to them and uh, concluded that there was no substantial likelihood of conviction in this case. That is Ravi Hira, one of the lawyers involved here in what is said to be one of the largest money laundering investigations we have ever seen in this country. But what we won't see, as you just heard, is criminal charges related to it. Now, at the time that it was announced back in 2019 or so, the Combined Forces Special Enforcement Unit of BC said that it was likely to set an investigative benchmark for future investigations. And they tracked millions of dollars in suspicious money going from a business in Richmond to local casino gamblers. That's what, according to police at the time, money that was even talked about during testimony at the Cullen Commission of Inquiry into Money Laundering. So what has gone wrong here? Well, somebody who's been following this all along, of course, and reporting on it is Sam Cooper, investigative journalist for Global News, and joins us now. Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Simi. Oh, you've been looking at this way back. When did you first hear about this case? I first heard about it uh, in 2017, Simi, if you remember. Uh, back then, I was at the Vancouver Sun and broke the, the e-pirate casino money laundering story, and I understood that this was a parallel organized crime investigation that involved the same suspects. Uh, and uh, there was even a big news release in earlier 2017 about this, uh, what the you know organized crime investigators called a transnational organized crime operation. And But it, there's been a very strange delay, uh, as you know, for years, what was happening with this case. It, it's just a very, in my opinion, a very much more targeted investigation of the same people, the same alleged Vancouver model activity in comparison to the e-pirate case, which we've talked about, this giant systemic money laundering case involving a Richmond underground drug bank. So what happened in this case? As we now know, uh, there's been a, a, an unwillingness to pursue uh, police recommended charges. And uh, the real uh, boiled down essence of what we've learned from these two reviews is uh, the, the last lawyer to take a look at whether, uh, you know, uh, the, the Crown should proceed with a prosecution said that Essentially, uh, it's illegal to not register an illegal money, uh, money services business, but in Canada, it's not illegal to operate an unregistered uh, uh, money services business, which if you're confused by the, the nature of that law, I am. I'm, I'm just as confused. But the other key issue here is that we know from reporting in the Cullen Commission that uh, the RCMP was tracking drug dealers bringing in bags, uh, suitcases of cash into this underground bank in Richmond, this unregistered uh, transnational underground bank connected to businesses in Hong Kong, Macau, all over the world, Mexico, Peru. And so police were very confident this was drug money. That case, as we know, fell apart in late 2018 due to a disclosure error. The RCMP had so much evidence, most of it in Mandarin, that uh, a mistake was made by prosecutors. They essentially gave the defense uh, uh, the names of uh, people that could have been, uh, the, the concern was killed because the defense side now knew their names. That case was abandoned. And really, uh, in this case, uh, the, the last lawyer to look at it has raised the same issue. So much disclosure of evidence that it could be very difficult to do so. And so they, uh, a number of lawyers essentially said there's no public interest here, low chance of prosecution. Uh, Simi, I'll end my answer <laughs> to you what went wrong here. Uh, 
first of all, uh, Calvin Krusty, a former uh, RCMP transnational crime investigator who testified in the Cullen Commission, knew both of these cases very well. His reaction to me this morning was uh, e-nationalized fell apart, just like e-pirate, because Canada lacks uh, good federal and provincial prosecution laws that would enable police to target very sophisticated transnational crime. And uh, he made the same case at the Cullen Commission, but Commissioner Cullen did not take up uh, those recommendations from Krusty and other police that say Canada needs a, a real look at how our our uh, criminal laws look at dealing with very sophisticated organized crime. It just sounds, Sam, like we just we don't know how to handle these big cases, right? Like I know in the United States, a big game changer for them decades ago was when they brought in the RICO laws and they were able to tackle organized crime in a different way. Is Canada, do you think, at that point now where we we need to figure out how to handle the changing nature of these types of crimes? You're exactly right. That would be my opinion. That would be the assessment of a number of experts. Uh, I've reported before that uh, the former Attorney General, now Premier uh, uh, E.B., had sent a letter to Public Safety Minister Bill Blair in 2019 saying, we're going through history now, if you remember the German report identified Canada. Yes, Canada lacks any laws that would be able to deal, you know, with real organized crime. And you're right. Uh, state that the United States has the, those racketeering laws that enable them to draw a web around, you know, very clear organized crime actors. Uh, Canada doesn't have those types of laws. And as uh, people such as Calvin Krusty testified, the Sinaloa cartel is operating in Vancouver, dealing with these same uh, Asian transnational gangs laundering money around the world and but the rcmp cannot get a wiretap on the sinaloa cartel after over half a year of trying whereas in australia and united states it would take two to three days to a week to get wiretaps on these uh, murderous transnational cartels okay so so then sam obviously like there needs to be the will here i was talking about this with von palmer to get these laws changed at the federal level has that will changed at all do you see any evidence of it I don't see any evidence uh, of, of the will at all. And really, I, I do think at this point, after watching this uh, sort of issue for years, we can look at Commissioner Cullen's, uh, you know, uh, his his response to these issues that were raised to him. He said that this, you know, changing federal laws uh, at this level could, uh, you know, deal with looking into the Charter of Rights, you know, which is a very, very uh, important set of laws. But the experts in policing say, unfortunately, uh, very simply, they make the the Charter of Rights is used as a shield in almost in every drug trafficking and money laundering case. And that's at the heart of the matter. So the will, it it would take a great deal of Maybe it'll take a, a lot more fentanyl deaths before we could yeah. get lawyers in Canada to consider looking at those very deep legal reform issues. Well, Sam, thank you so much for that this morning. Thanks, Simi. Sam Cooper, investigative journalist for Global News. You can check out his latest work on this and, of course, any other topic at globalnews.ca. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.